Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Luke chapter 5, we preached from here last week, and as this week progressed, I was really seeking God about preaching this message that has been on my heart entitled, Here Come the Builders. And um, the Lord very emphatically told me to go back to Luke chapter 5 and to finish up what we need to finish up from these verses of Scripture. So I had to put that message on hold, and I would rather obey God than lose sleep at night. Right? And so when we go back to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, the Bible says it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. And you need to underline this part of the sentence, and were washing their nets, washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. You might want to underline those words too, let down your nets for a harvest. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, everyone say partners, which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. I'm going to preach part two from the message last week. Today we're going to call this message, Partner Up and Let the Net Work. Say that to three people around you, partner up and let the net work. And here's what I want you to do, something very strange. You've probably never done this at the beginning of a message in all the years you've been at church, all right? Um, JC mentioned the dumb device that you hold in your hand, I mean the smart device you hold in your hand. So here's what I want you to do, either your spouse or someone close to you, preferably you have to walk down the way a little bit and just take a snapshot, a selfie of you and someone close to you. Just everyone get your phone and do that. We're going to do this for a reason. And I'll tell you what the reason is after you do it. Just get a selfie of you and someone close to you. And if you want to walk across the building to do it, you can do it. Uh, But go ahead and get that selfie. This is for a reason. All right. Take that selfie with someone. Good. All right. If you want to get two or three with someone, you can do that. You can. Maybe your favorite person is across the building. You can do that. Now, what you want to do, everyone, listen, please stand one more moment. We're almost done. We're almost done. Now, what you want to do after church today, we won't take the time to do it right now, but I want you to post that selfie on your social media platform, which, of course, JC will not have the opportunity to do that. Um, But maybe Frankie can do it for him. Um, But post that and just tag Quest Church Norman 
uh, when you post it. Just tag Quest Church Norman and just put there as a caption, you want to put these words, partner up. Partner up, okay? So say it one more time, partner up and let the net work. Let me pray for you one more time before we get in this word. Lord, I just have a feeling from what I felt in worship today, you're wanting to do something unique. And again, we've already prayed, but I'm going to pray one more time. Help us to be sensitive to what you want to do and not just be determined to work our own agenda. Help us to yield to what you say and how you work. And we thank you for all that shall be done. As a matter of fact, generational curses are broken in this building. And spirits that are diametrically opposed to the destiny of God in our personal lives are dismissed from this place and from this property. Touch every person here name by name and need by need. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. amen. High five somebody and tell them it's on in the building. You may be seated. There will be some things that I will recite to you this morning that will be a rehearsal of last week. And then there will be some things that will be revelation to you that you did not hear last week. But I wanted to give some of, somewhat of a preview or a review before we get into the preview of your prophetic future. God has great plans for you, and I know you're excited about that. Uh, there are a lot of people sick today. Jamie and her kids are at home sick. Elena is at home sick. Isaiah and his family are at home sick. All of these people are texting me this morning and telling me they were at home, and, and there are many, many other people, families that are at home watching today. And as a church body, we reach our hand toward that camera and we tell you that you and your family are healed in the name of Jesus. We speak against RSV. We speak against the flu. We speak against COVID. We speak against fever. And we thank you, God, for healing all of these people in Jesus' name. So when we read Luke chapter 5, I said last week that belief in the vision and obedience to God always produces a great harvest in a local church or in your family. Um, I quoted this last week, that if you believe you can, you probably can. If you believe you won't, you most assuredly won't. Belief is the ignition switch that gets you off the launching pad. We are in the first month of 2024, and I do believe this is the last Sunday of the month. So we want to make sure that our ignition is firing. And we want to be sure that you are ready for everything that God has planned for you in 2024. And can I submit to you that God has a mega door for you in 2024. And there are opportunities untold that God has set up for you to encounter and enjoy in 2024. When we talk about the word launch, we're talking about starting something or setting something in motion, to start in motion or to set in motion. And we did a little caveat on that last week by talking about the power of motion causes movement, and movement is important for you to enjoy momentum. We talked about that last week, right? And the root word of momentum is what? Moment. 
And if you miss your moment, you might miss an opportunity to make a move. Right? So do not miss your moment. A moment is not a minute. We said that last week. A moment is an experience. As I prayed for our church all week long this week, I prayed specifically for this Sunday that you would have not just an experience with God, but have a personal encounter with God. Now, you all know that we like to do proper study of Scripture and words in Scripture, and we call those things etymology or exegesis. And we talked about the word launch last week in, by way of defining it in the Greek vernacular, and it means to excite. It means to bring up, and, and it means to stir up. And my agenda today is the same as last week, that as we preach today and we journey through this word together today, that God would excite something in you about your future, that God would stir up something in you that is laying dormant, that God would bring up your purpose to you again and let you know he is not finished with you yet. As a matter of fact, I dare you to shout my best is yet to come. So as we dive back into Luke chapter 5, I want to look at verse 2 this morning and show you this unique perspective of this passage. And the two ships... And he saw two ships standing by the lake. The fishermen were going out of them. And watch this. They were washing their nets. I want to talk to you about preparation this morning, first of all. I really believe that January is a good term. It's a good time. It's a good day. It's a good month to get your plans in order. You know, too many people dive off into things that they are not prepared to handle. Um, I've seen people jump into marriages that they were not prepared for. I've seen people undertake endeavors that they were not prepared for. Preparation is the act or the process of making something ready to be used. Preparation, the process of making something ready to be used. Now, the Bible says they were washing their nets. One version renders that like this. They were preparing their nets. Now, that gives us a different perspective. They were preparing their nets. Now, don't you know that when Jesus walked up on the scene, he noticed several things. He noticed a man that had an empty boat. He noticed a multitude that was pressing him to get a word out of him. But he also noticed the activity of the fishermen. They were not fishing. They were preparing. They were washing their nets. When I studied this, it was very interesting to me to find out how nets were prepared. Now, I want you to listen to this very carefully. The way you prepare a net, number one, is to cleanse the net, to plunge the net into the water. In the Greek, it is rendered to baptize the net into water. 
Today, really, what we saw was a good cleansing happen right before our eyes. You are baptized, the Bible says, to remit your sins. Not to permit your sins, but to remit your sins. The purpose of baptism is to cleanse your conscience of all sin. When these people came up out of this water, some of y'all don't want to get baptized today before we finish because when I tell you that it means to cleanse your conscience again, to cleanse you before God again. And it never the Bible never says that we are just allowed to be baptized one time. I used to have a bishop in Jamaica tell me that he would go down to Montego Bay and baptize himself <laughs> in Jesus' name. But it's for the remission of your sins. So what these fishermen would do is they would literally plunge these nets into the water in order to cleanse them. Now listen to me. The second thing they would do is they would hang these nets out of trees. Can you see the fishing net hanging in trees? They would suspend them. Take them out of service. Part of preparation is not just staying in service. Part of preparation is many times coming out of service. Because if you are in service yet out of order, you're liable to lose more than you're catching. And the Lord really spoke to me about many people in this building that you feel like you're suspended. You have been suspended. And some of you have been suspended in things before, and you know what I'm talking about. And what happens when you are suspended too long, your mind starts playing suspense games with you. You become uh, full of suspense about your future. In other words, you start thinking thoughts like this, will God ever use me again? I've been hung up so long, I've been suspended so long, I'm not real sure this God, that God's going to ever put me back into his service. And the Lord really dealt with me this morning in prayer about you to encourage you that even though you've been hung up, you are not hung up forever. And even though your life has been filled with suspense, God is about to remove the suspense and fill you with surprise. Somebody give God praise, amen. And many times when the net is hung up, it is stretched in order to get back in proper size or dimension. Because what you've gone through in life for many times cause you to be deformed. And God said many of you are going through a season of being reformed and some of you are about to go through a season of being transformed. And when you are hung up, what they would do is reform the net, get it back to its proper dimensions because when it is not in its proper dimension, it loses capacity. But the key word is stretch. And no one in here really likes stretching. I look at some people that stretch and I'm amazed that they can stand with their legs straight and put their palms on the ground. My son Dustin stretches every day and he just does all kind of contorted looking things with his body. 
Part of me says, I'm jealous that he can do that. The other part of me says, I don't want no part of that because I know what it takes in order to get to that level of stretching. And stretching is uncomfortable. And stretching hurts many times. But I hear God saying out of Isaiah chapter 54, spare not, stretch forth the tents of thy habitation. That many of you have been going through a stretching season and the reason why God is stretching you is because of the size of the harvest that is coming your way. So the stretching is not going to break you. It's just making you bigger than you've ever been in your life. They were preparing the nets. And some of you have been in a season of preparation. But if God is stretching, if God is hanging, if God is cleansing, be patient because something great is in your future. Can I get five people to give God praise right there? They're preparing their nets, the last thing. The last thing they would do with these nets is after they stretched them back to the right dimension, they would check the net to be sure there was no tears in the net. And they called this mending the net, which means they would sew the net back together where holes had formed in the net. We refer to this as restoration. How many of you feel like 223 might have put some holes in you? You've been, you went through some stuff that tore on you. Well, let me tell you, before February gets here, God's going to sew all that right up. Mending, mending is a beautiful thing. Mending is powerful when we just hang there and we say, God, restore me. David was certainly torn when he went through all he went through. Yet in Psalm 51, he said, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. In other words, I'm torn so much that I've lost some joy. Would you lift your hands? And this is the moment the Holy Spirit wants to really visit us. Some of you have been torn. From a relationship, someone has hurt you, disappointed you, rejection really hurts and it really tears at us. When you thought one thing was going to happen and it didn't happen, it really tears at you. And you had expectations of certain things transpiring and they didn't really transpire. You had hope in a certain situation that did not develop. Or maybe someone just blatantly hurt you. The Lord told me, you know, just while we were worshiping a while ago, take a moment, please, and let me mend these people. I heard it so clear. I heard the Holy Spirit say, just stop sometime in this service and let me restore my people. If that's you, would you just stand with your hands raised? You say, Pastor Rick, I need some restoration in my life, man. I lost something. I lost someone. I'm hurting because something is missing. I'm hurting because of something someone did. I'm torn. And I really need God to mend me. 
I know this is different, kind of like taking selfies a while ago. But man, God wants to heal you. He really wants to heal you. As a matter of fact, we should pray like this, Lord, don't use me again until I'm completely whole. Do not put me back in your service till I am fixed. Keep those hands up. Lord, do not let me enter another relationship until I'm whole. Because every time I do it, I expect too much from the other person. And I'm not offering anything. Oh, I hear the Holy Spirit speaking right now. And you know what he's screaming in my ear? Marriages, marriages, marriages. Man, God wants to heal your marriage. Because in all reality, if you are married, you are not yourself. You are two people in one. And so it's very important for your marriage to be healed in order for you to go forward. Father, I pray for the marriages of Quest Church, that you would make them stronger than they've ever been, and that you would heal relationships in this place, that you would mend marriages. Finally, boy, I feel this strong. I don't know where this is coming from. The Holy Ghost is telling me to say this, and I'm going to say it. Many people in this building have never gotten over stuff they experienced in their adolescence and childhood. And you really felt like by now you wouldn't have that memory. And that memory wouldn't bring back so much pain. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take it one step further. That point right there about adolescence and childhood, if that's you and you, you really need God to fix you from that, would you come up here and let me just lay hands on you right here? I know this is strange. This is not the way you, we usually have church, but I'm telling you, God wants to touch you today. As a matter of fact, he put a pause in this message just for you. Childhood trauma carried over to adult living results in a non-effective life. You'll never produce at the level that you need to produce as long as you're carrying the trauma of your childhood and your adolescence into your adult living. And God wants to heal you today. I thought this might would happen if I would obey the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to look at the number of people in this altar. And you tell me that there's not hurting people all around us. heaviest thing you'll ever carry in your life? Y'all look at me just a moment, then we're going to look to him. Just look at me just for a moment. Heaviest thing you'll ever carry in your life. You ready? A broken heart. There's nothing heavier than a broken heart. It's hard to break somebody's heart that didn't trust you. Did you hear what I just said? In other words, you wouldn't be hurting like you hurting if you didn't trust them to start with. You believed in them. And they hurt you. And you can't get past that.
this point, there's really not a lot I can do. I can keep recounting experiences for you. I can keep reminding you of what happened. But at some point, the preacher has to back up and say, now God, will you do what you are here to do? I'm going to ask you to lift your hands and let God start operating. And the people out there, I'm going to ask you to start praying in the spirit. Would you do that? Would you pray for these folks? As a matter of fact, I want you to pray like this. Like maybe that could have been you. When that man came in that bedroom, and you were just an innocent little girl and he molested you or you were just a young man and the man that was in your life was not your daddy and he abused you. Maybe you can just, you'll pray if you can put yourself in those kind of shoes. Father, I ask you right now, please, to heal these people and to mend them. They've been hung up for a while. They've been in suspense for a while. They've prayed for cleansing. They prayed that it would go away, but the suspense is still there. But today, God, you gonna fix them. Yeah, you gonna fix them today. You're going to heal them once and for all today, and they're going to be used again. And they're going to walk away from that thing today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let the Holy Ghost drop on these people. Let the Holy Spirit touch these people. Oh, God, do what only you can do. Father, in Jesus' name. Yes, God. Go ahead and sing it to Lathan. Will y'all lift your hands all over the building and let God do what he wants to do? your hands again please you let, let me show you something here real quick let me show you something Caleb come here just about right there that's good right there see much stay right there brother See my brother right there? Here's how some people see forgiveness. That man hurt me. Stay with me. You hurt me. 
And then we pray, Lord, I want to forgive him. And this is the picture we get. He walks away. Walk away, brother. Why? Because we forgave him. Now he's free. Come back, brother. That is not forgiveness. Can I show you forgiveness? That brother hurt me. This is my prison. My prison is my pain. When I forgive him, I'm free. Forgiveness, forgiveness is not about setting them free. It's about setting you free. So today, whoever hurt you, you are free today. You are free. You are free to grow up and be whatever God intended you to be. I need a church that will rejoice in restoration today. Hallelujah. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to, ladies, turn around and hug a lady and tell them we are free today. And, and brothers, if you will find a brother that you can hug and tell them, brother, we are free today. Brother, we are free today. In Jesus' name. Are y'all okay? Let me ask, hold up, let's, let's take our time. This is probably the most different service we've ever had at Quest. But I'm all in it. Are you okay? You okay? You okay? Are you okay? You okay? You getting there? Good. I like I like her. I like this young lady's honesty. You know why I love your honesty? Because you're correct. I'm getting there, she said. I'm gonna be okay. And that's the truth. Walk it out. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody okay? You need further prayer? Anybody need more prayer? We're good. Amen. Amen. You know, there's something about putting praise where pain used to be. Let's take five seconds and give God just a big, big praise, shall we? Come on, let's do it. Let's give God a big, big praise. Come on, church, let's give God a big, big praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, high five free people and tell them God's doing something big here. And then you, then you may be seated. Then you may be seated. Caleb, where's Caleb? Come over here, buddy. Can you just hold my 
just uh, face it that way. Yeah. I want to show you guys something. Uh, turn sideways so all, all these people need to see me too. Right. Um, this is how far we've gotten. <laughs> okay. We haven't gotten to all this. Okay, let me go back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've got eight more pages. We got through one. We got through one page. Thank you so much. We talked about the preparation of the nets. That's all we've talked about today. The second part of this message after the preparation of the nets is the principle of let. And then the third part is the power of partners. I'm not going to go any further, which is very unusual for me because you guys know I love to get to that preaching part where we're running and screaming and, and all of that. But we're, we're I just don't feel that. I just feel like the Lord did what he wanted to do here today. And I'm good with that. Um, Josh can preach the second point next week. If he chooses to, he should. preaches it right, then I could preach the third point the following week. I heard one preacher say, if you read right, you don't have to preach long. Let me finish it up by now, let's receive our tithing offering. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand. Reporters will get you one as quickly as possible. We have not received the offering for today. Um, if you want to give by your smart device, you can do it on this device. Man, what a sweet service, huh? What a sweet, sweet service we've enjoyed today. The principle of let has to do with allowance permit, permission. Can I just drop this on you? Allow yourself to be loved again. Allow yourself to trust again. Right? Permit yourself to be in a relationship again. Permit yourself to be involved in a church again. Let. I'll leave this with you because I don't want Josh to get all my nuggets next week. The first word God ever said what was it let first word God ever spoke first word out of God's mouth let Mary said this in Luke 138 let it be unto me as you have spoken will you lift your hands and say that Lord let it be unto me 
Now say it again, but shout the word let. Come on. Let it be unto me. Amen. The last part I was going to preach was he beckoned unto his partners. The power of partners is this. It's hard to partner with people that you can't merge with. The highest level of influence is when you've learned the principle of confluence. My influence can reach a certain point in my life, but if I ever learn how to create confluence, which means partnering with people, other people who have influence, then what have I done? I've doubled my power. I've doubled my production. I've doubled everything. Partnership is powerful, and the word literally means koinonia is the Greek word. Participation, partakers. You shouldn't partake of stuff you haven't participated in. That's almost like stealing. Participation, quantity of participation, partaking. Why would you partake in something you haven't participated in producing? It's almost like you're stealing. Which brings us to our final word, pecuniary. Quantity participation. Partaking, pecuniary. Pecuniary has to do with finances. Hmm. Sunday night, I mean Wednesday night when we did our vision thing, Josh brought out some interesting statistics. And some of our family said, texted me or inboxed me and said, Bishop, I wish you would present that on Sunday morning instead of a vision night. So I'm, I'm only doing what I was asked to do. Pecuniary. It's part of koinonia. It's part of the fellowship. It's part of the participation. We have 25 families in our church that give 50% of the income. We had 690 families give last year and 25 families really carry the provision of this house. Which means 665 families gave the other 50%. Which means it's a very small percentage of people that tithe. I believe people don't tithe because they don't understand tithe. They don't understand what it is. They don't understand where it's at in scripture or how it works or does God even believe in it. Many people that don't tithe that's been serving God a long time say it's an Old Testament principle. It doesn't work in the New Testament. The last prophet in the Old Testament said, bring all the tithe and offering into my storehouse. He didn't say bring it to many storehouses. He said to the, the storehouses where you get your food. It's literally a distribution center. If 10% is not new, important in the New Testament, how many coins did the lady have? She lost one coin. She had ten coins. She lost one. 
What percentage is that? Say it louder. 10%. She lost 10%. Where'd she lose it? In the house. And the Bible says she lit a light and she swept the whole house until she found the 10%. See, the tithe isn't being lost out there. It's being lost in here. And I don't understand why people justify tithing by giving to charitable organizations when the Bible is very explicit about where to bring your 10% to the house. How many lepers were cleansed? How many come back and say thank you? What percentage is that? I really believe tithe is nothing more than gratitude. Tithe is nothing more than honor. Because in Malachi chapter 3, the Lord says, if you are my son and I am your father, then where is my honor? Then he talks about tithe. Tithing is an honor certificate. Here's what's puzzling to me. It's very profound to me. That I know some very affluent families in our church that demand time from me and Pastor Josh. They expect us to stop and talk to them. And I know they're not tithing. And I'm looking over their shoulder at a single lady that makes $25,000 a year. And I know she's given at least 15 or 20% of her income. And I'm thinking, you're making so much money, but you don't even tithe to the church. But when you call, you expect us to answer the call. You expect us to stop and give time to you. When this girl is over here hurting, crying, doesn't know how she's going to make it, she's being faithful and she wants five minutes from us, but you are absorbing all the time and we can't get to her and you're not giving anything. It's not fair. It's not fair. I just think people with money that don't tithe, don't trust. That's just how I see it. You don't tithe because you don't trust. If you trusted, you'd have no problem tithing. Either you don't trust God or you don't trust your pastor. I never look at giving. You know why I don't look at giving? Because I don't want to know what you're giving because then I'll start treating you. So I'll be mad at you because you took all my time. You hadn't even tithed. You want the church to do everything for you and you don't even tithe. So then I get an attitude about that. The Bible says this. Take care of those who are of the household of faith. There's something to that connection. Are y'all with me? So... Here's the honest perspective you rarely convert, convert a person that's been serving God for 25 years if they ain't been tithing you, you might give one out of a hundred to change their mind if they ain't been tithing they ain't gonna start tithing but for your sake in God's view I risk the way you look at me Take a moment to tell you, you are wrong. You are wrong. And you 
should bring the tithe to the storehouse. I'll end it by saying this. If everyone in here tithe, we could build a re we could buy land and build a rehabilitation home for men or women or two homes for men and women to put them through programs to see them delivered from drugs. We wouldn't have to send people away. If we all tithe at this church, you give 10% of your income, money, to this house. Honor the Lord with the first fruits. What is tithe? It's your first 10%. The first fruits of all your increase. Proverbs 3.9. If we did that, can I submit to you that all those kids, have you seen the sound of freedom? You've seen the sound of freedom, many of you have, about those kids caught in human trafficking? Do you not know we could, do you not know that this corridor right here is the hottest corridor in America for human trafficking? Right here on 35 through Oklahoma City is the hottest corridor for human trafficking in America because it is right in the middle of the crossroads of moving, uh, stretching from the west to the east and the south to the north. Right here in Oklahoma City is the number one populated area for human trafficking every day. And what if we had a home where when cops caught these people, we could bring those kids in until we could unite them again with their parents. I tell pastors all the time, I'm sorry, brothers, but this is how it works. Finances are the fuel for the vision. When you're running a church on empty, you're not going very far. Finances fuel the vision. Some people say, man, we should have bigger vision. It's hard to have bigger vision when you don't have provision. I'm praying for conviction to fall on you and your family, not from me, but from the Holy Spirit that you will line your life up with Scripture and do what the Bible tells us to do and bring all the tithe to the storehouse. Father, I pray for every person listening today that they would tithe, that they would enter the tithing covenant with you. Jesus, you yourself said not to leave the tithe undone. That's your words. And so I'm going to ask you to touch these people. Let them hear you speak today. Do not leave the tithe undone. You said in Malachi 3 that if we bring the tithe, you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. So I'm praying, God, you will show these people open windows and blessings being poured out. There's not room enough to receive that even when it is uncomfortable, we still bring our tithe. And we thank you for the opportunity you've given us to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good, saints. Let's all stand. Brad, why don't you guys come? No, that's a better. No, sit back down. Pass them. I was going to say bring them to the front, but let's pass those baskets. That way no one has an excuse. Everyone has an opportunity to give. You say, Pastor Rick, why are you so adamant about tithing? Well, number one, I just told you, 
If we can tithe, there's nothing we can't do. Number two, most important reason, is I've been tithing since I was 16 years old. 16. I am 62 years old, and I've never missed giving my tithe to the Lord. Can I tell you that God has always taken care of me my whole entire life? I've never been in a place where I couldn't make it because God is faithful to bless those who are tithing. Amen. So really pray about it. You go home and study it. If you need study material, don't Google why I should not tithe. Okay? We find what we're looking for. You can find a hundred reasons why you shouldn't tithe, and it still does not make the principle of tithe false. Study why you should tithe, and you'll find hundreds of verses that will show you, just like I recited to you today, why, should, why you should be a tithing family. Tithe has to do with finances. Amen. We love y'all so much. Giovanna and I are thrilled to be here, thrilled to be a part of this great family, and we speak open windows of blessing being poured out on you and your family.